Welcome to a Tuesday edition of Locked on NBA. On today's show, we'll talk about how Devin Booker's recent hand surgery will impact the Suns this season. Then we'll discuss if Luol Deng can actually help the Timberwolves or if this is just Tibbs reliving his golden years. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. Now let's get to the show. You are locked on the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm a credentialed writer covering the NBA for Fansided. You can find me on Twitter at WC Goldberg. And I'm David Ramillick, credentialed NBA writer who covers the league at large for Fansided. You can follow me and my writing on Twitter at DRamill13. We've got an email about a crazy way to address tanking, which I guess we're still trying to figure out. And Tom Thibodeau continues to turn the Timberwolves into the 2011 Chicago Bulls. But let's start in Phoenix, where Devin Booker... Fresh off of signing a five-year, $158 million contract extension, had surgery on his right hand on Monday and is expected to miss up to six weeks. That's enough time to miss all of training camp and one week of the regular season. Now, this is coming after Booker sat out the last 12 games of last season with a hand injury. But here's the weird thing. It's been almost six months since he injured it, David. Why did he wait until now to get this taken care of? That's a very, very curious point there. Look, there, there is some fun. Footage going around of uh, Booker on a unicycle mm. that apparently this is an Instagram story that he posted right before the news broke about his hand injury. I know that the, the feeling for most people is that the hand injury or the surgery is still because of a, the lingering hand injury from last season. And it's just kind of carried over. And apparently they just wanted to clear things up possibly before the start of the season. Or it could be tied to this mysterious unicycle. What is it with NBA players in the unicycle? Remember Mitch McGarry from the Oklahoma City Thunder? He was a big yes. fan of the unicycle. Unicycle. Is this date. a thing? I, yeah, I had no idea. Um, but anyway, I, you know, it's just weird, right? I, I, like, there's no point in doing this unless he re-injured it. There's no point in doing this with sh- such a short amount of time. And and you know what? A lot of I've seen some stories from Phoenix-based writers saying, you know what? It's not that big a deal. He'll be back for 80 games, even if he misses the first two. And you know what? They're wrong. It is a big deal. It's very important for this team to to kind of try and find some consistency there. They're trying to incorporate DeAndre Ayton. They're trying to incorporate Trevor Ariza. This is a new roster where Devin Booker, as the face of the franchise moving forward after he just signed that huge extension, and their star player isn't going to even be there, possibly because he was riding around on a unicycle. And the guy who the entire offense is built around. I mean, it'd be one thing right. if Trevor Ariza, new to the team, fell off a unicycle, hurt his hand, and was going to miss training camp, right? But he, Trevor Ariza just stands in the corner and shoots threes and plays good defense. Devin Booker, the entire offense is built around what Devin Booker does with the ball in his hands and when he does with, and what, you know, and his spacing off the ball. I mean, the entire team is built around what he does. And this is a new team. This is a team with DeAndre Ayton. This is, they've signed a bunch of guys on the perimeter there. They've got a new head coach. You need Devin Booker there to figure out what this team yeah. looks like in training camp. And look, the Suns weren't winning the finals, but that's so far from the point. And I've seen that point made. Like, it doesn't matter. The Suns are going to be bad regardless. Yeah, but you want the reason you turn over a roster, the reason you hire a new head coach, and the reason you give Devin Booker a contract extension is because you're trying to take a step in the right direction. And this is this. This is just a huge, this is like tripping over your own feet at this point or falling off of a unicycle. By the way, there is probably, I would say there's at least a 50% chance that he definitely heard it falling. Unicycles are really hard to ride, and <laughs> I don't know that on. from yeah, experience. Yeah. I'm just assuming, based on the fact that it's one wheel, that 
I don't care how athletic you are, if you've never done the unicycle before, you're probably falling off of it. And if you've missed the last 12 games of the, of the season with a hand injury and you fall off of it, you're probably going to hurt that hand. Just saying. And I've also seen, I, I also want to address the point that, hey, he waited until he got the bag and then he went and got the surgery, right? He signed that extension on July 7th. It's September now. Like if he mm. was gonna if, if this was a hey I'm gonna wait until I get the con- I'm gonna wait until I get my money and then get the surgery, he's, he could have done it last month. He could have done it in August. I mean, that, it, it, it I don't think that has anything to do with a reaggravated injury. Yeah, yeah it had to have been a reaggravated injury. Yeah, I, I mean it, it's just it's just too bizarre. And look again to the point of, of whether or not they're going to be a competitive team. It doesn't matter. They want to start the foundation of something. And you and I both know how hectic the schedule is for NBA players. They're never going to get the opportunity to have any kind of consistent practice from October until their season ends in April. They're not going to make the playoffs, but at the same time, during that seven-month stretch, they're not going to get consistent playing time. You're, you're traveling all over from Phoenix to Toronto to you know Mexico City in some cases. It's all over the place for them. You get a shoot around here and there, and that's basic just to stay in, in good conditioning, to work out whatever kinks you need to in, in your offense, to fine-tune what you learn in training camp. And you can't right. learn it if you're not there. So it's, it's, it's not like he's a, a 14-year veteran waiting to the last day to, to sign with a team, knowing he's going to just be plugged in filling the same role that he always has for the previous 14 years of his career this is a young up-and-coming superstar on a young and up-and-coming team that is built around them to your point so it's just amazing to think that this is something that we can easily dismiss when it's clearly such an important factor moving forward and the other part of this too is that this was a Suns team rumored to be looking for a point guard Right? Because right. they wanted somebody to run right. the offense but at the very least if they didn't acquire a point guard that they were comfortable with you have Devin Booker, who basically played point guard in the you know the second half of last season. He yeah, you know who would have been great? Who? Luka Doncic would have been a great <laughs> fit, huh? That's the whole thing. Not only who does replace who replaces Booker, you don't have they didn't or they already didn't have the guy that they wanted to run the offense. Booker was sort of the backup guy to run the offense. You're going to run your offense through him, but you wanted a guy to sort of bring up the ball and and, and facilitate. And get Booker into his best positions too. But worst comes to worst, you just have Booker play point guard, which it looked like was going to be the case. I wonder if this kind of speeds things along for the Suns. Does this make them a little bit? Look again. I know it's only six weeks. It's only training camp for a bad team, and it's only he's only going to miss two or three games of the regular season if if this timeline holds. But does but they were already in the, you know they're already looking. They're already shopping for a point guard. I wonder if this creates more of an urgency for them. Like, it, does this speed things along? Do they all start offering more to maybe try to land a point guard just so that they have something to build around through this whole training camp process? I don't know. I maybe. Don't know. I, I but I, I I get the feeling that we're going to hear a lot more about this over the next couple of weeks, whether or not somebody's going to break that he did aggravate the injury yet again, or yeah. why the curious timing of the surgery right before the Who start gave of him the up, unicycle? We'll like, where did the unicycle come from? Um, did he have a teammate that uh, was involved uh, in the uh, unicycle? A, a fellow Western Conference team, yeah. Maybe it was LeBron James. Maybe he was uh, giving, <laughs> giving away unicycles to other West, Westbrook riding around in a, in a unicycle. That's the next footage we'll see. Yeah, they're trying to, they're trying to ruin the Sun season by giving Devin Booker a unicycle. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's weird. I agree with you. I think we're going to hear more about Unicyclegate, um, in the next few weeks. And also it just sort of sucks for the Suns. Like you kind of wanted to see this young team start to get together and it's just sort of, this is going to, not only is he going to miss the first couple games, but it's also, you know, then you're going to have to go through the whole learning process for the first few weeks of the season that they should have gotten out of the way in training camp too. So, um, either way. 
if if it were up to one of our listeners, the Suns wouldn't even be in the NBA this season. We'll talk about that next. But first, things in the NBA can change every day, like you know your superstar player falling off a unicycle. That means you need a daily podcast to break down everything that's happening around the league. That's what we do here on Locked On NBA. So make sure to subscribe on Locked lo, subscribe to Locked On NBA on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify or find us on whatever podcast app that you use. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Luol Dang is signed with the Timberwolves in the least surprising free agent signing of the summer. We'll talk about that later on, but let's get to this emailer question from Billy from Cleveland, who writes in with an idea to solve tanking in the NBA. This is a very complex idea, so listeners, put your listening caps on or whatever. Um, Try to follow us here, because this is going to get weird. Make the NBA the first promotion and relegation league in American professional sports. The team that comes in last place in each conference gets demoted to the G League, and then the two G League conference champs get promoted to the NBA. The NBA draft and G League drafts get combined into three rounds. This is where it gets weird. A first and second round consisting of NBA-only eligible players and all 58 teams, right? So all NBA teams, all G League teams. The third round is only the 28 G League teams and players who are 18 and 19 years old, freshly removed from high school. The draft order would be a full lottery for all teams that didn't make the playoffs, as it is now. The 25th through the 28th NBA teams and freshly promoted teams from the G League will all have even odds at the number one pick and are guaranteed a top six pick. Okay. So, just to sort of put this in a visualization, if if this were the case this year, if this had happened, right, this summer, we would not have the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns would be a G League team. And so would the Memphis Grizzlies. And those teams would have been replaced with the Westchester Knicks and the Grand Rapids Drive. So Grand Rapids That is, is Michigan, a lot to right? unpack. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we would have we'd have we would have two Knicks, two Knicks teams, and two teams from Michigan. Look, I like Billy. He's a frequent emailer of ours on the Locked on Heat podcast, and we really appreciate it. And I love chaos as a general theory and way to solve other, just things that need to be solved here. This is the most chaotic thing ever. This, if this results in getting two Knicks teams, this is the worst possible solution. That's like the worst way <laughs> to solve more. This, it, we're doubling down on bad teams now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is a, a Nixie solution to a problem there, and it's not going to work. I, I listen, you know, in reading this, I was just thinking about the look on, on, on Robert Sarver's face when he's told, <laughs> sorry, you're actually going down to the G League because of Devin Booker's unicycle injury. I, I'm sorry, you're, you're just not going to be competitive this year. You're not allowed to play in the NBA anymore. Like, Billy, I, I mean, that, that's the biggest obstacle right there is, is you have to change the hierarchy of ownership and how it's worked out. They're, they're counting on fielding an NBA quality team and making NBA levels of money from ticket sales and jersey sales and concessions and parking and everything else that comes with owning an NBA team. They're not going to give up that kind of uh, you know money that they're making over the course of a season mm-hmm. uh, just because of a, a desire to change the rules. And I understand that you want to punish ownership that, that enables bad front offices to continue to make bad decisions that leads to years and years of bad teams like the Phoenix Suns. Um, but at the same time, I, I just don't think that they're ever going to be willing to give up that opportunity. So also, it, it would be... Also, this is not an eye for an eye. This is, <laughs> this is like you unfortunately had a bad season 
and now you're no longer in the league. That like the the punishment is a little bit too much for the crime. Too extreme. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it, it's tough. I, I can't. I mean, it would entail it would entail like a new league uh, mm-hmm. where, where that, those kind of rules were in place before owners locked themselves into you know owning a team because otherwise I just can't imagine them uh, being willingly going along and saying yeah I'll take my chances if I'm a bad team this year and God only knows and look think about what would have happened to a team like the San Antonio Spurs in, in the you know right. in the 90s I guess they wouldn't have been able to draft him Duncan and we would have been robbed of that dynasty of Spurs greatness so I don't know that that's likely to happen. Uh, and I should correct myself here. I said it would be the Suns and Grizzlies that left, but Billy said it would be the last place team in each conference. So it would have been the Suns and the Atlanta Hawks. Grizzlies would have been safe. So good for them. Um, so like, Brian goes on. Yeah. Hypothetically, I mean, this is hilarious to think that we can get a Westchester Knicks and a New York Knicks in the same league would be hilarious just to see like the battle of the Knicks. I'm be- I would actually sort of be on board for that. That would be a kind of fun little minor storyline. But uh, it would also suck for the fans too. I mean, if you're a Phoenix Suns fan. And you understand that your team's not good because of some poor roster decisions, but you've got a young Devin Booker ready to fall off a unicycle and then after that take the league by storm. And then you've got, you know, this, you know, you're hoping to get one of the best players from college on your team and you've got this nice young core. And then all of a sudden they're in the G League and now you have to watch, you know, instead of the Phoenix Suns versus the Los Angeles Lakers, you have to watch the Phoenix Suns versus the main Red Claws. That doesn't seem as cool. You know, that sucks as a fan <laughs> having to now go to those games. So I would, to me, the, the loser here would be the fans. I don't know that the Westchester Knicks fans give a damn about watching the Westchester Knicks go 0-82 against every NBA team. So um, <laughs> That's another thing, too, right? The logistics of it yeah. like, are, are all... I mean, let's say the Golden State Warriors come into wherever the Westchester Knicks play, Westchester, presumably. I, I mean, is, is their arena, presumably, is it capable of holding a crowd big enough to go see right. the New York Knicks? I mean, oftentimes these G League teams are playing in front of hundreds, if not dozens, of fans. And and that's unfortunate. I mean, I think it's it's time that we start showing more attention to the so, G League affiliates because there's a high level of basketball there. But I just can't see them accommodating NBA-level crowds in the arenas in which they normally play. I, I'm trying to think of a punishment for a team. More fitting? Yeah. yeah. Like, if you come in last, maybe you just have to change your name to a G League <laughs> team. Like, maybe you just become the Phoenix Drive or whatever it is. Like, the Phoenix... I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what a, the, the Phoenix Red Claws. Or maybe you just, like, everybody has to swap their jerseys out. Or, I don't know. I'm trying to think of... No, there's a there's a punishment there. Look, I mean, I think we it's been discussed before that the draft is a way to impact these teams that consistently draft at the bottom of the of the, right. the order. There, um, they just continue to make bad decisions, and those bad decisions should be punished. Now, I, you know, the aberration obviously is Philadelphia that went into it with a clear plan of building their t- team that way. But I think if you want to change or eliminate tanking. The way to do so is by punishing teams that can, you know, have had a number of top five picks. Isn't there a punishment the fact that nobody goes to the games and that they don't make as much money as teams that do do a good job? Like, even Philadelphia, right? Like, yeah, they had a lot. We remember them as, oh, yeah, people were so supportive of the process. and Nobody went to those games. Uh, it was you hard know, to watch. No, and so they, they, they paid for, you know, you're almost paying for the right to, to pick in the top five year in and year out and so like that is kind of capitalism right you're just saying look look we're gonna we're gonna take it for four or five years and look the nba has taken steps saying basically if you do this we are going to force you to fire people 
And so I don't think there will ever be another process the way that we've seen it. But teams that tank understand, and teams that are not even like purposely tanking, but just actively or just like can't get out of their own way, the Sacramento Kings, Orlando Magic, teams that just keep doing the wrong thing, they are punished by the fact that they don't get as many ticket sales as teams that do the right thing. They don't have as much merchandise sales. They just don't make as much money as the good, the the well-run franchises. Isn't I think that isn't that punishment enough? Do we have to get systematically to a uh, to a point where we're systematically just ruining teams and their and you know their fans' experiences more than they already are? Yeah, I mean, I guess not a lot of people are buying T.J. McConnell and uh, uh, <laughs> T.J. McConnell jerseys in Philadelphia outside of Philadelphia, right? right? I guess that wasn't that wasn't as popular an item. Or what's it, Spencer Hawes? Or that wasn't a hot seller in the uh, merchandising area. I think a lot of people are buying the T.J. McConnell jerseys now. Maybe not back then because you didn't know who's going to be on the roster. Speaking of. Uh, franchises that are running their uh, teams into the ground. A lot of people make <laughs> jokes that Thibs signing Lu- about Thibs uh, re-signing Luol Deng or bringing in Luol Deng. But can Deng actually help the Timberwolves? We'll talk about that next. But first, a quick word. In addition to the daily Locked On NBA show, the Locked On Podcast Network has a daily show for every NBA team. So if you're a diehard fan who wants content on your favorite team every day, go to iTunes or your favorite podcasting app, search for your team, and then subscribe. The Locked On Podcast Network, the local experts on the biggest stories. On last week's show, we speculated about some great landing spots for Will Dang. We talked about the Rockets. We talked about a bunch of teams. Turns out no one listened to us, David, and he will go play for his old coach in Minnesota. Look, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, Thibs isn't promising Will Dang any playing time, but that he will have the opportunity to earn minutes. That's more than he could say for his time with the Lakers. So, uh, what do you make of this signing, David? Is this more than just getting the gang back together in Minnesota? Absolutely not. This is a chance to <laughs> reconstruct that that Bulls team. I, I mean, that's look. Let's be honest. That is absolutely the reason why Deng signed there. You wanted that kind of comfort. We wanted that familiarity there. I don't know how much he's going to be able to produce on the court. We we had talked about last week that. The reality was that he could have contributed to the Lakers last year, but he was probably too good for what mm-hmm. they were actively trying to do as far as, you know, tank and and not necessarily build around a, a veteran core, but rather trying to develop their younger players like Brandon Ingram, et cetera. So it's not, not that Deng can't contribute. I'm sure that he can. We thought he'd be a great fit in Houston where he could still be able to play some perimeter defense, stretch the floor a little bit and, and do some things the way he did in Miami just a few seasons ago. Um so there's there's a good opportunity for him to contribute here. I, I think his locker room presence is being somewhat overstated. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of people think that he's going to be this great mentor there, but I think there's enough problems there between the old guard and the new guard, between the young talent of, of Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, and the old heads like Taj Gibson and Jimmy Butler, and now another player in Luol Deng, who is is you know who understands what Thibodeau is demanding and, and probably demanding too much of. So I, I'm not sure that that's necessarily going to smooth right. things over in that Minnesota locker room. Yeah, but I know, the no, argument no, no, but has I, been made. I, 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 it's not like Luol Deng is this neutral party walking into that, right? I mean, if if there is really an issue between Jimmy Butler, he's got Butler, a clear allegiance. Yeah, yeah. If there's a different, if there's an issue between Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns, it's not like Deng's going to be like, well, let's hash this out. Deng's going to either, if he's going to do anything, he's probably focusing on just getting himself whatever's best, whatever gets him onto the court, right? Or if anything, he's going to take Jimmy Butler's uh, side. More than and then, and then Sorry, really what this comes down to, if Dang really wants playing time, when is the first time that Thibs is going to going to play Luol Dang over Andrew Wiggins? And then what's the drama that ensues from that? Because that's happening. That is happening this season. 
I don't know that yeah, the drama is happening, but the, the fact that he is playing, he will play dang over Wiggins. He, Wiggins will screw up defensively or, you know, just not show the level of focus or dedication that Dibs is going to want him to show, and he's going to punish him by playing dang over him. That's going to happen. Now, I, we've seen the argument from some Timberwolves fans that, uh, you know, at the league minimum, what is it, two-point-something million dollars? It's yeah. not necessarily a huge amount. Um, it's not, it hasn't pushed the team over the cap either. So they won't be paying the luxury tax just yet unless they sign somebody else. So they're, they're, right. it, it's not like he's a huge financial risk or demand or anything like that, but it just, it just seems so unusual. And it's so weird how they've put this team together and it's such a lack of direction, at least one that we couldn't have anticipated. You have this young core and you're thinking to yourself, well, great, let's get a superstar that can help this young core reach another level. And in fact, it seems like it's it's made them more stagnant as a, as a in a yeah. development perspective and and i don't know that they'll even make the playoffs in a western conference that has improved a number of teams have gotten better i mean the, the jazz have gotten better uh, the lakers have gotten better hell you can make an argument that phoenix has gotten better and, and all of a sudden minnesota <laughs> is willing to uh, you know risk one, one unicycle short of getting better <laughs> um yeah it's 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 a very confusing move and i understand the, the need for familiarity. Look, I think at this point, well, Lou Deng has made it pretty clear that he's not chasing rings. He, he signed with the, the Los Angeles Lakers years ago so that he could make a lot of money. And that's a priority for him. And, and God bless him. That's what he wants. That's fine. Um, you know, not every player needs a championship ring to feel fulfilled in their NBA career. So he's just going there to, to uh, a scenario where he can get some playing time, where he doesn't mind too much about whether or not they win or lose, and he can still contribute as a right. mentor and, and positive locker room presence, I guess. Maybe. I mean, good for him, but look, Maybe. Tibbs Maybe, shouldn't yeah. have done this. I mean, I don't. I get, like, yeah, value at the minimum, blah, 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 but go get a young player. Go get somebody. This just this is another reason why head coaches should not also be general managers, because Tibbs is just, there's too, it's, you can't do two jobs as demanding as both of those jobs, Right. You can't be a head coach moonlighting as a general manager, and that's essentially what he's doing. And you just don't yeah. have enough time to scour the league for young players and evaluate talent in the G League and the draft, and and just on the you know you don't have time to evaluate guys twelve through fifteen on other NBA rosters. You just you don't have the time between doing that and being the head coach of a basketball team. And so what you do right. is you just go back to players you already know like Derrick Rose, like right. Luol Deng, right. like Taj Gibson. And that's the problem with this. If they had a real general manager, maybe you go out and get Taj Gibson, who's still a capable NBA player. And Doc Rivers maybe did even, the same thing in LA. Oh, yeah, did the same thing. With at least, but at least he did it with other players who beat him, not players he right. already lost with. Like, he just... <laughs> <laughs> it's just... This is a... I don't even... I'm not even sure I blame Thibodeau, to be honest. I blame... I, well, I do blame Thibodeau, but I also blame the Minnesota Timberwolves in general. It's just a poorly run team that you should, you should just have a general manager. And speaking of this, I mean, the 76ers should be looking at this and worrying that, look, we got to get everything off of Brett Brown's plate as possible and hire an actual GM because right. this is what happens when you put a head coach in charge of these decisions. They don't have the time to do this. So what I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you say is that you think Joachim Noah is a perfect fit uh, to start over Carl Anthony Towns. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, if 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 Towns isn't going to try harder and Jimmy Butler is going to be upset with them or whatever the problem is there, then absolutely just go get Joakim Noah. Joakim Noah on one leg will try harder than Carl Anthony Towns. That's all that matters. That's my hot take of the day. I really hope listeners know I'm joking. <laughs> I don't want to get. I don't want. He's not going to hit the. 
yeah, he's not half as talented anymore, and he can't play effective defense. But damn it, the effort is there, and, and that's and at the really minimum, that's a good value. At the minimum, it's a good value. I mean, his locker room presence. I mean, come on. We're... You can't spell Thibodeau without grit, right, or something like that. Something I don't like know. That, I don't know. Is, is Kirk Heinrich still available? I don't. I oh gosh, I hope so. The return of Kirk. Why not? Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we should end there. That's all. When, once we start talking about Kirk Heinrich, that's all we have for today. You can subscribe to Locked On NBA on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. We'll be back here next Tuesday. You can find us on Locked On Heat. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Thanks for joining me, David. Yeah, can't wait to start Locked On Unicycles next. <laughs> <laughs>